In today's episode, we're going to talk about the six stages in the learning process. If you're trying to learn something new and frustrated with your progress, then stay tuned. You just might be right on the verge of getting results. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman, and I hope you are doing well. And today I want to talk about the learning process and the six phases or six stages, if you will, of what that looks like and what your brain is going through as you move through the learning process. Because if you're someone who's trying to get better results in any area of your life, or if you're trying to just learn something new, there's a process at which is taking place that can, if you're not aware of it, it can cause frustration. Can be you can struggle to see results, and especially if you're wanting to see them in a specific time frame, if you're wanting to see them quick and fast, then you could get frustrated and be tired of chasing after a specific outcome and not quite getting there. Because when you're when you're wanting to see a change and you're not seeing it happen, or you're seeing maybe a lot of other people experience success in a specific area that can cause doubt in yourself and that can create this this level of frustration that feels like maybe you should just quit or that you shouldn't keep going. I was teaching her the form and how to shoot. She hadn't really ever been taught before. And so I was teaching her this concept, something that I'd been practicing ever since I was six or seven years old. Like I've had years, you know, 10 plus years of practicing this skill. And I was trying to, to teach her. And within about 15 to 20 minutes, she got frustrated and ended up quitting. And what's interesting is that's just a sign of the the learning process. So is it possible for her to learn how to shoot a basketball? Absolutely. Now, did she really have a desire to learn? You know, that maybe one thing did um, was the pain or the frustration of not having success right away. Was that frustrating that caused some negative results for her not wanting to continue on shooting? I'm sure that had to to be a part of it. But I want to kind of get into this example of or this process of learning and what it can do for you. Because if you don't stay with what you're learning, like if you if you can't move past the feelings of loss of momentum, then there's a chance that you'll become bitter or jaded or feel like you're just stuck in this perpetual loop of either mediocre results or no results. And if I know anything about you, I know you have a desire for life change. I know you want to do bigger and better things and leave an amazing legacy for your family and for the kingdom of God. And you want to make make a new pathway, blaze a new trail, and potentially change your family tree. And that's not necessarily going to happen overnight when you're learning a new skill, like it it takes time, like there's a process. And so sticking with like learning basketball, like when I was young, I mean, my parents have pictures and video of me shooting on a little tykes hoop before I was even one or like the age of one, like there was just this desire in me to learn this skill. And then 
as I grew and as I learned, it, it required focus, it required attention, where I wasn't necessarily trying to learn all the skills all at one time. So if I was if I was learning how to shoot, I was going to focus on what was required to learn how to shoot correctly in the right form and what was going to give me the highest probability of success. If I was learning to pass, I wasn't focusing on what I needed to do to learn how to shoot. I was focusing on what I needed to do to learn how to pass and where to hold my hands on the ball and how to do it, how to throw a correct chest pass, how to throw a correct bounce pass, or if I'm playing defense. So all these all these things I had to focus on individually and then to become a great basketball player, I had to then stack them all together. I had to learn the skill, master the skill, and then continually grow on it, but continue to stack other skills on top of it so that I could become a better basketball player. But that didn't happen in a short time frame, and it didn't happen by me trying to learn everything all at once. There was focused attention on one specific skill, mastering that skill, going and practicing it, going and implementing it, and then focusing on another skill, practicing it, implementing it, and then continuing to build on each other. They're like building blocks. So the reason I want to talk about the learning process is because if you can understand this process of learning, if you can know the process that you are going through in order to learn something new, then it removes potential discouragement because you'll know where you are in the process. It prevents you from getting down on yourself because you can say, oh yeah, I'm right here in the process. Or with this specific skill, here's where I am in the process. So it'll help you go through your learning process. It'll benefit you in understanding where you are, prevent you from getting down. But if you're working with someone else, you'll also be able to see where they are in the learning process. So when you can see where someone is in the learning process in these six steps, six steps that we're about to go over, one, it'll help you help them. It can help you be more persuasive in getting them breakthrough or moving them through to the next level so that they can see success. But it can also give you a platform to encourage them in a way that maybe you couldn't before because you weren't aware of the process. So if you've if you've ever used this phrase or expression, or maybe heard someone use this phrase or expression, I need to let that idea sink in. That's kind of what's happening when you're going through the stages. And so I learned this process from a learning expert named Matt DeMeo, where he broke down these six steps of learning and the pattern at which everybody goes through when they learn things. And so the first part of the process. So your mind says, nope, I can't do it. I don't get it. And it pushes it aside. Because the brain is trying to run efficiently. Your brain isn't necessarily trying to make you help you be successful. It's wanting to keep you safe. And so sometimes new information can be a threat to the brain because it knows that it's kept you alive up to this point doing certain things. And if the new information doesn't align with how it's been keeping you alive, then it's going to try to reject it. It's going to say, I don't need that. And so the first step is rejection. And the second step of the learning process, you have the idea. It moves from, I don't get it, to, okay, that might be true, but not for me. I could see that to be true for other people, 
but not for me. So the idea, the information is starting to sink in a little bit. You're, you'll be able to hold the thought that maybe it's true just in general, but it's not true for you. So the first step, you immediately reject the information. If you continue to hear stories, hear testimonies, see examples of people succeeding with this idea, then you move to the next step where you're saying, okay, that might be true, but it's not true for me. It can be true for all these other people, but not for me. So then once you move from step two into step three, you're now holding the idea, you're holding the thought that, you know, that might work, but it might not. So you're, you're moving into more that, hey, it might work for you. Instead of thinking that's true, but not for me, you're thinking it might work, but maybe it might not. So you end up debating it in your mind of whether or not it could work for you. So that's step three. First step is rejection. Your mind immediately says, nope, I don't get it. Bad information, go away. You hear more, you hear some stories, you see different results from other people and you think, okay, well, that could be true, but it's definitely not true for me. You continue to get exposure to certain things. You're seeing ideas and it's like, you know, that might work. But then again, it might not. I could really fail at that. You're starting to believe that it could work for you. And then step four is where the magic happens. That's where your brain says, I get it. And this is where agreement happens with the idea. That whatever you're trying to pursue, whatever you're trying to learn, you believe that it can work for you. And you understand, but you can't execute on it just yet. Like there's still work to be done to be able to execute it. So you practice, you implement, and then you move into step five where you can do it. This is where you can actually use the information that this could actually. So you're learning a new skill. You're struggling to actually, you believe that it can happen for you, but you're struggling to piece it all together. You can't really use the information. And so you keep practicing and implement. And so you move into the fifth step where you can do it. You have the information and you can successfully execute on it. So this is a stage where when you're practicing your homework and maybe you, maybe you missed half the questions on your math homework, but then as you keep practicing, you know, you can, you can use information. So for example, if you know, in elementary school, if you're learning how to add and you struggled adding, like if you're in that step four where you get it, but it's hard to use the information. Well, you've practiced it enough where now you can do it. You can use it in your everyday life. You can, you can use addition to add up the items in your grocery basket and how much it's going to cost. You can subtract and multiply, you know, in your budget, whatever, whatever you're doing, like you can use that math, like you moved into that fifth step. And then the sixth and final step of the learning process is the idea that you can teach it. So this is where you reach a level of mastery where you can teach it to others. So think about this. If you have kids and we'll stick with the math homework example, when they're in first, second, third grade, elementary school, and you're helping them with their math homework, you can teach them the more fundamental stages of math. 
because you've you've mastered it. You can teach it. But once they get into like high school and they're working on pre-calculus and calculus, if you don't have mastery over that, you can't teach it. It's difficult. And you may not even be able to do it. That's step five. So even if you took those courses, maybe you could do it at one point. If you haven't used it over time, it'd be difficult to teach it. So those six steps, first step is you get new information and your, your brain immediately rejects it. it says, I don't get it. Nope, not for me. Step two, you think, okay, that might be true, but that's not true for me. I can see how other people would succeed with that, but I couldn't succeed with it. Step three is, you know, that that just might work, even for me. But then again, it might not. So you kind of wind up debating yourself in step three. Step four is where the magic happens, where you say, I get it. You have agreement with the idea and that it can work for you, but that's not enough. Because even though you agree that it could work for you, you haven't moved in that fifth step where you can actually use the information. So you, there's still work to do after you agree that it can be done. Move into, I can do it. And then once you can do it, you move into that final step of mastery where I can teach it. So this is six steps of learning that I learned from learning expert Matt DeMeo. And it's a really amazing scale if you're trying to learn something new where you can kind of pinpoint where am I in the process? Am I still in step two where I'm looking at results of other people and be like, hey, that's great for them, but those aren't results for me. Am I still in step three where it's like, I don't know, I'm debating it. Maybe it could work. Maybe it couldn't. Or maybe I truly believe that it can work for me, but I'm not seeing results because I'm still in step four. So you have to practice, you have to implement, you have to be able to use the information, which if you're not implementing, if you're not practicing, you're missing out on a fundamental part of your learning. For example, going back to the basketball analogy, if, if I watched a lot of videos on how to shoot a basketball and someone taught me how, my dad taught me how to shoot it. If he were to show me how to shoot it, but if I never went out and practiced, if I never went out and implemented it, I would never know if I could actually do it, if I could use the information. So sometimes the brain will get in this like protection mode where it keeps you in step four because there's fear moving into step five and actually implementing to see if you can do it. It likes the idea that it could work for you and it'll get in this gathering collection of information mode. Right now I'm teaching about 100 people on how to trade in the stock market and we've seen a lot of great results in the group who have gone out and practiced and yet four weeks in, there's still a lot of people who haven't even placed a practice trade and they're, they're kind of stuck in this phase where signing up for the course shows that yes, they agree, they have agreement that it could work for them. But moving into that fifth step of learning, they haven't made it because they haven't implemented. They've just been collecting information and haven't been able to implement that information to see if they truly can do it. Because so much learning happens when you do go implement. When you see, you know, when it comes to trading in the stock market, when you see how a buy works and then you, you own shares of stock and it moves up and down and there's so much to learn like other connections are made when you're when you're implementing. And so if you're stuck in step four, 
Go do. Go implement what you've learned before you learn something new so you can start moving to that process of getting into step five where you can do it. It's like the homework. You have to implement what you've learned in math class. And the only way you know that you didn't learn something or that you can't use the information is if you're actually trying to implement it. And then the final step is step six, where once you have a level of mastery where you can do it, you can teach it to others, which is being able to simplify it so that someone else can understand. They can go through this six step phase themselves and reach their goals and learn. So two things, two obstacles occur when it comes to your learning process and why you don't learn and get results. Number one is you think you already know. So if you're learning about a topic that maybe you are kind of in step five or maybe even step six where you you can teach it, if you think you already know, your brain shuts off from learning because it tunes it out, it's trying to be efficient, and it's just saying this information isn't valuable because I already know. So thinking that you already know, you subconsciously tell your brain to tune out. Because like I said, it's not important. You already know. So that's an obstacle to learning is thinking that you already know. And number two is you don't think you can learn. So two groups of people. One, they think they already know it all. Two, the other person doesn't think they can learn. And when you think you can't learn, that's the actual first step of the learning process where your brain is rejecting the information, saying, I don't get it. I can't learn it. Or maybe it's even step two. Where it's like, okay, that could be true, but not for me. I can't learn that type of thing. Back to my stock market class. There's so much stigma in the culture about how finances are hard. Stock market is hard. And so people just think they don't, they can't learn. And so they basically shut off the opportunity. So I want, if you're learning something new, here's some ideas for you to hold. Whenever you're learning something, a trick to kind of help you look at it through a different lens is go into it approaching to learn for two. And what I mean by learn for two, look at the perspective that you're going to teach someone else. So teach it to, you know, your 10 year old, your 15 year old, whatever you're learning, have the mindset of, okay, would they understand this? How would I explain this to them? When I was having my career in the financial services industry and I was talking to people about their finances, I would often think, you know, it's like my wife's not a financial expert in this area. And I thought, okay, are the words that I'm using, the explanations that I'm giving to these clients, would Katie understand it? Am I explaining it in a way where she would understand it? And if the answer was no, then I had to find a new way to explain it. And so learning for two, like having the mindset of being able to like teach it to someone especially someone at a more rudimentary level, like that's going to engage different parts of your brain to help you learn faster. The other idea to hold is give yourself permission to be bad at first. So many people get hung up on, you know, using that story of Katie learning how to shoot a basketball in college and then her giving up. Like she wasn't, she wasn't good right at the beginning and she didn't like that feeling. So she moved on, but give yourself permission to be bad at first. And hold the thought that I'm getting good at being bad long enough to get good. Because that's how you got good at anything. You started off bad. Think about learning how to walk in a in a one-year-old, however old, like just learning to walk, they stumble often. 
But the reason they learn how to walk and walk well is because they stuck at it long enough to get good. They were bad long enough to get good. Like they kept stumbling. They were holding on to things. They're falling down. So hold that same thought that when you're learning, I'm going to get good at being bad long enough to get good. And I love the verse right now in Galatians 6, 9, that kind of leans into this idea. It says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So there's a, there's a promise for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So the only way to not learn something is to quit. The only way to not see the results that you want to see is to give up. Letting the idea that you're not good right at the beginning stop you from moving into stage five and stage six of a new skill set of mastery is because you gave up. And friend, your harvest is coming. The desires that you're pursuing, the skills that you're growing, it's coming as long as you don't give up. That stage six of mastery where you can teach someone else, it's coming if you don't give up. So don't become weary in doing good. Don't become weary in learning and implementing. And tell a different story around results and outcomes that you don't desire. Don't label them failure. Someone taught you to label those results failure, but they're not failure. Failure is giving up because if you just stick with it, you will reap a harvest. And I will say that if you feel stuck and are close to giving up, it's just a sign that you're believing your own story. You've created a story around yourself. Your brain is like trying to protect you, learning a new skill. Hey, we didn't, we didn't need this to survive before, so we don't need it now. So you're just believing that story that your brain is trying to tell you. When it's not helping you succeed, it's just trying to keep you alive. And so having a coach can help you see beyond your story, help you break through those barriers and reach those goals. And so let's set up some time to chat. If that's for you, go to attractivelydifferent.com and click on the button for book a call. It's free. And we'll just chat and see what we can do. See if there's any way that we can help. But I want to encourage you because if you don't give up, you will in due time reap your harvest. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please rate the show, subscribe, leave a review. The ratings and review help make the show better and we'll get more exposure to help more people. And remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. Go rule that assignment, serve his people, and be blessed. Hey everyone, it's Tom again, and I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, Life Purpose Roadmap, at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. 
These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.